When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here and welcome to another edition of the Husker Online show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sippen, Robin Washett. We're back from Boulder. Uh, it's good to be back home. We've been on the road two weeks in a row at Minnesota and Colorado. I think Matt Rule would probably say it's good to be home. Not exactly an ideal starting um, schedule for a first-year head coach. Uh, Minnesota had one of their largest crowds in history, and then Colorado had its largest crowd since 2008 in their win over the Huskers. But uh, lots to delve into here in the opening headlines segment. Um, let's first talk big picture um, questions about the quarterback yeah. position with Jeff Sims. Um, you know, we'll, we'll get a better read towards weekend on his status. But, man, that is our opening headline because if, if these turnover issues continue for Nebraska, the Huskers lead the country right now in turnovers, it's hard to be optimistic the rest of the way. I mean, Nebraska could lose all of their games if these turnovers continue as Nebraska currently has a nation-leading eight turnovers through two games. Yeah, we have to assess the situation for what it is. First of all, you don't know if, as we sit here on Tuesday at, I don't know what the hell time it is, 221. We don't know if Jeff Sims will be available for this game because of an ankle sprain. He suffered with 921 oh. left in the loss at Colorado. Um, so, first of all, you got we have to get that squared away, which we don't know where that is right now. Then it looked, you know, if Sims, if Sims is healthy, he will be the starter. We better get that clear, right? That's what Rule said on Monday. If Sims is healthy, he'll be the starter. But Rule said he has to clean up the turnover issue. If he isn't healthy, probably Heinrich Harburg would be your starter, starting quarterback because Chuba has had a, Chuba Purdy has had a tweak groin for the last week and a half. So there you go. That's the setup. Where it goes from there. At this moment, we don't know. Yeah, and so I guess the last update we got from Matt Rule was that while Sims isn't practicing, he's still, quote-unquote, moving around on the fields to the side where all the guys that are out, they do their rehab stuff and, and whatnot. So, I mean, it's not like he's just completely unable to walk and on crutches or right. anything like that. Like, he's, he's doing some, I'm assuming, light jogging and, and maybe some just conditioning stuff. So that's at least positive for his availability now the question is not only will he be healthy enough to play but but how is he going to look once he does return to the practice field in the full capacity um, you know I think that's another layer to this whole thing right now where this discussion isn't just about whether or not he's healthy or not I think a lot of it is does Nebraska's offense have the trust in him still Matt Rule says they do but you know what happens if he has another turnover early in the game against northern illinois you know just how much does that conversation change and how short is that leash going to be given 
his maybe potential limitations on that injury, and two, the pressure surrounding needing to get that offense going. One, well, what if the ankle is bothering him? Mm-hmm. What does Jeff Sims do with the best? Run. So you take away that. What's he not do very well? Pass. So it, it kind of <laughs> takes snaps, puts things <laughs> in a different context. If ah. he, if he's not able to run at the level he needs to be able to run at, but nobody had the guts on Tuesday to ask the players how Jeff practiced today. Like I, I was kind of waiting. Wait a second, did he practice today? Nobody at. Like I, I thought maybe I, I didn't want to jump on the grenade, but I thought somebody would be like. So how'd Jeff practice today? You know, just well, kind of like play dumb, babe in the woods, and, and, and see if somebody would take the bait. But I don't think anybody wanted to go well, down that rabbit know. hole. I don't – I mean, there's an – is that appropriate to, to, to ask the players how the quarterback's doing? Is it, is it appropriate? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, is it, you're kind of tricking them there, right? It's kind of trickery. I, I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is I can be overly cautious about things, I know, but – I almost think the head coach or a coach, Satterfield, for mm-hmm. instance, should be the one that addresses that, not Gabe Irvin. Right. You know. You know. I agree. I mean, the health status of the quarter, quarterback, Sean. Are you, are you sure you want that to come from, from no Michael the Bear? If somebody could just say, yeah, he practiced. It was good to see him back out. We didn't even get that. I've been a trick. Yeah. Been, yeah, they did talk true. about Sims, though the players did, and just has his response. And of course, as you would expect, it was all positive, saying that um, he's done a good job of putting these early struggles behind him. Um, he did, you know, doesn't wear his emotions on his sleeve. He's kind of going about his business. So I guess from that perspective, um, you know, that that's I think says a lot about Jeff, just kind of maintaining uh, that stable emotions uh, despite going through some real struggles early on. I guess that yeah, that's what you want. You don't want him flaking out. But, yeah, I mean he's he's been a consistent. He's just turned it over throughout the course of his career. That's largely defined him. So you're just waiting to see now if he evolves. You know, if, is he going to evolve as a player? Players do. Some players do evolve. Um, some don't. And that's what we're kind of waiting to see so far. You'd say he's just the guy he was at Georgia Tech. Well, and this will be Matt Rule's first home game at Memorial Stadium. For me, the biggest thing now is can they establish an identity of what this team is? We think we know what the strengths are. We think they have a pretty good defense that they can build this around. Uh, we think they can at least run the ball. Um, but can they develop an identity and play four-quarter collective football on all three si- all three phases? Complementary football is the word I wanted to use. Complementary football. The word. And we've seen taste of it. I mean, at Minnesota, and we saw it for about two quarters in Boulder. I mean, at the five-minute mark of the second quarter, with you know, right before halftime, it looked like the time of possession was going to be twenty to ten at the half. And in favor of Nebraska, and they're driving. I mean, this is they couldn't. I mean, Sipple's cracking his knuckles, getting ready to write a world-class column here at, at this point. And was I cracking my knuckles? I think you're just trying to. Find a seat in that crowded. It was crazy press box. Well, here's the deal. Matt Rule did sort of address the blueprint yesterday. He said, "When it all comes together, we're going to run. We'll be a team that can run for 250 yards, uh, play strong defense and special teams, and that's that's going to be the formula." So he did. He said it. I mean, now 250 yards. Let's think about 250 yards. Nebraska has an average 250 yards rushing. But one time in 20 years, that's 2012, and it had Amir Abdullah and Rex Burkhead, and Taylor Martinez rushed for a thousand yards that year, and they had three off they had three offensive linemen who played five plus years in the NFL. 
So it's a little different. 250. The sack adjusts yards too are the key because in the college game they they count the sack losses in the rush total which makes no sense but they can't really switch that because it would throw off all the record books so i always go right to the sack adjust yards like yeah. what's the true sack adjust and at minnesota nebraska ran for over 200 sack adjusted mm-hmm. yards yeah and i like now listen i want to be clear on that i like the ambition i, I mean i think it's it's good to be ambitious like that. They're averaging 201.5 right now rushing Nebraska, 201.5 rushing yards on the ground. So he thinks it can go up. I mean, you know where it's going, Robin. Is this, is this the offensive line to get that done? They've shown flashes of it. Um, and I think maybe the best example for me was that second quarter in against Colorado to where you know they were moving the line. Gabe Irvin was getting chunk runs. Yep. You know they, they were able to – do that traditional run game at a level we haven't seen from Nebraska in a long time. And so that, that I think, is kind of the ideal vision of what this year's Nebraska offense can look like when things are working. But the problem with that is you're walking such a fine line. When you're shortening the game like that and you're putting so much pressure on your defense that when you make mistakes, especially not even to mention the level Nebraska is making mistakes right now, but when you turn the ball over – it's a lot bigger of an issue than when you're scoring 30 to 40 points per game because you can mask those types of things when you've got a high-powered offense. But when you're a ball control, grind it out, shorten the game offense at Nebraska kind of has to be right now, I mean, that makes these types of mistakes so crippling. All right, when we come back, we're going to delve more into the offense as we'll go through the offensive storylines of the week. We'll talk some Northern Northern Illinois. We haven't really gotten too much into that. Uh, We'll hit on that next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett as we get you ready for the home opener here, 6 p.m. Game on FS1 Nebraska in the Northern Illinois Huskies. But before we get to that, this segment of the show is brought to you by Caldera uh, Men's Skincare Products. Guys, you brush your teeth today. Why is that? Because it's a healthy part of your day and you don't want bad teeth. I want you to take another step and add skincare habits to your daily routine. I just did, and I promise you, I'm never going back. I'm hooked on Caldera Labs High Performance Men's Skincare Products. True story. I use it every morning. It's, it's great. Yeah, you put it on, you feel good. Good. Um, and and you know, at night, it's found that ninety four percent of men's skin showed overall younger appearances after using the product for only a few weeks. Cadera Lab is the regiment you've been looking for. Uh, you can get a great promo deal right now uh, by simply visiting calderalab.com. Use promo code Husker to get twenty percent off. That's Caldera Lab dot com promo code husker um, to get the 20 percent off uh special here that we're offering here for our listeners of husker online thanks again to caldera lab for sponsoring us here on the husker online show all right guys let's get into those offensive storylines for nebraska going into this game we've already kind of hit on the quarterback let's go running back it, it was a 
a dose of Ramir Johnson and Gabe Urban Jr. They split the reps in terms of play counts. Uh, it was a career-high day for Gabe Urban Jr. No Anthony Grant, though, in that game. It's kind of been somewhat of a hot button because yeah. Jeff Sims was not benched for his fumbles, but Anthony Grant was. Um, will we see Anthony Grant this week, and, and what do you expect that running back rotation to look like? Well, I'm, yeah, I mean, I would think you'd see Anthony Grant. But here's the, the wild card in that conversation is we don't know how he came back in practice last week. You know, he had to fumble at Minnesota. I don't know, I don't know what his mindset was. I still think he might be their best running back. I'm not convinced he's not. I've not seen anything that would, to me, that would suggest he's not their best running back. Um, but there's there's been issues. There's been fumble issues. So I thought Irvin looked good. You know, 17 carries, 74 yards is good. When the, you know, it was good. I mean, they looked good. They didn't look great running the ball. They looked fine. Um, you got to they got to go to another level if. If they're going to play the kind of football that Rule wants, that part of the equation has to be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would probably evaluate Irvin as good. He was good. I mean, just the fact that he he did what he needed to do, yeah. but he didn't do much more. Like, he had the one explosive 26-yard Six. run, but, you know, that's a play where maybe a more explosive back takes it to the house, you know, and he you know got caught fairly easily in the in the secondary. So that's, I think, what... Right now, you're lacking with Gabe Irvin. You don't have that explosion. You get the guy that can churn out three to four yard runs, but again, that just makes it hard because then you're facing a third down pretty much every every set of plays that you got to convert. And it just puts a lot of pressure on your execution and even more uh, to make high pressure throws for a quarterback that is struggling right now. So, getting Grant in more involved, assuming that you trust him to hold on to the football, uh, I think would be a bonus certainly oh, yeah. because you know he's he's that guy that can run through contact to where a three or four yard run turns into a six or seven yard run because he's moving guys backwards. And right now I haven't seen enough of that from Gabe Irvin. So, um, yeah, again, I, I think it just, it depends on what he's doing between Sunday and Friday that is going to dictate how much he plays going forward these next couple games. I think when you look at these backs, I mean, a part of their style, Nebraska needs to play a clean Mm -hmm. ball control game. If they actually played a clean kind of Minnesota-style, Iowa-style game on offense, they would wear people down and probably begin. But when you turn it over the way Nebraska has done, everything you want to do gets thrown out the window. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, it started looking like in the second quarter, like you've alluded to it. The body blows. Yeah, midway through the second quarter, I I told you guys, okay, this is starting to look like you want it to look to beat Colorado 0-0 midway through the second quarter. And they were starting to get downhill. There were some good downhill Mm -hmm. runs in that second quarter. And then then, as Matt Rule alluded to on Monday, the chemistry got interrupted by the turnovers, a drop snap, unforced error, mm-hmm. unforced error, and then and then they, then a a pick, um, back-to-back possessions, and then the game got away from them a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'd say it got away from them. They never. The best way to put it is Nebraska never really fully recovered from being 10, 10 zip down. So I mean, they got back to thirteen to seven, um, and then of course Colorado struck with that long pass play beat Tommy Hill. Mm-hmm. But again, I mean, this is this is mostly on Sims. Um, as Col- because Colorado surged ahead and got momentum in that crazy environment because of two p- bad turnovers. 
You're listening here to the Oscar Lions Show as we talk Nebraska offensive storylines. We did see some of these receivers and tight ends get going, which they didn't get going really at Minnesota. Billy Kemp had five catches. Thomas Vadoni had a couple catches and a touchdown. Uh, Borkature, the tight end, has continued to look very consistent. Alex Bullock, not his best day, but played a lot of snaps. Uh, Marcus Washington as well. I mean, those three key guys played almost all the snaps at wide receiver. Uh, but it was good to see Kemp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even Fedoni at least get yeah. going a little bit. Especially Kemp. Five catches. He have eight targets, five catches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kemp looks real to me. I mean, he, he can be – I mean, he's solid. He's going to be solid. Mm-hmm. I think he's a guy definitely you can count on. He looked well, like what I thought he would look like in that game. Yeah. Washington looks a little slowed still. I, I, it's like he hasn't dropped the trailer off. Doesn't yet. get a lot of separation. No, he looks. I think he's. I don't know, Sean. Rob, was that an ankle or a knee in in camp? I don't even know exactly what. Yeah. It was. So it it was an ankle. Ankle. Because he came down on it and it rolled, and they thought it was going to be way worse. And it still looks like he. It doesn't look like he has all his speed mm-hmm. to me. Um. So that's something to watch going forward. Once he does. Um, he's a, he's a huge factor. Now he was a huge factor in Minnesota right away. Not as big a factor last week. One catch. Yeah, and I guess now the question is, who else in that group now is going to take that step? We saw Kemp finally get going. Is there is anybody else going to get going? Are they going to play enough to actually have an opportunity to get going? Those three starters at wide receiver played almost the entire game. When you look at the snap counts, I know Malachi Coleman played maybe a series. Jaylen no, Jalen Lloyd didn't play at all, mm. uh, and so you know Matt Rule talked about that at his press conference on Monday. That you know that he really likes that young receiving core, but it's taking them a little bit longer to get to a situation where they're ready to make an impact. You know, you compare it to the defensive line, all the freshmen playing there, it's a little bit slower going for those receivers, and they need them to catch up as quickly as possible. Well, a lot they, of those receivers weren't really developed guys; they're more track athletes. Mm-hmm. Like Jalen Lloyd, that were that have football potential. Jim, Jeremiah Charles only played one year of high school football. Bryce Turner, is he like that? Bryce Turner played two years of high school football, I think, and that's it. I mean, we haven't even heard Bryce Turner's name. No, mentioned. Rule mentioned him, but he said he's one of those guys that's even further behind. The guys that are going to have the best chance to play out of that freshman class are Coleman, Lloyd, and then maybe um, Jaden Doss, Jeremiah, Jeremiah, oh. uh, Charles. Yeah, he said those are the three guys that he said are close. Doss is out. For Doss has a year. broken arm. And he's still working. He just started getting back to some practice. Well, yeah, work he said he had a broken week. arm, but he's practicing. Yeah, so I don't know. And he and what rule he's doing. he that's what rule says. He has a broken arm, but he's practicing. So it's probably you know some kind of bone in there. Guys, we got about a minute left. I want to make sure we get this in. Um, Teddy Prohaska, hmm. are we close to seeing him inserted in on the left side? If the Turner Corcoran struggles, it just it, who knows. It's such a wild card, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, yeah. they, you, well, we know that Rule said he was ready, mm-hmm. but how ready? That's the question. Yeah, well, I, th- I, mean, I think he's healthy, but then I think it's just the getting settled into a, a live game action again and having the, the, the trust to be out there. He hasn't played a live game of football in over a year now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. If I Turner mean, gives up a bad sack or play, you know, we saw them pull Latoski out mid-series. Would, would they do something like that with Teddy to give him an opportunity? And, again, it goes back to, is Teddy even ready to play? Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, and being healthy is one thing. Being fully ready to play a Power 5 team is another. Mm-hmm. Now, this isn't a Power 5 team. Maybe that, maybe that makes a but difference. But they do have a good defensive line. Yeah. And they're, okay, and I will say, Northern Illinois, usually they're undersized D linemen. 
And for a 6'10 guy that's, that's got bad yeah. injury history with legs, is he going to be able to bend at a level? Northern Illinois is like the king of the 6'3 defensive end, 6'2 defensive end that is all sawed off and didn't get recruited much out of high school. And, and they have motor, though. Right. And they're, they're going to go out. And we saw it in 2017. Yeah, we did. We they did. had a bunch of little sawed off D linemen that Nebraska's big tackles couldn't block. Hope they're not listening to this. Don't give them prime motivation. Sean, I'm, not, I'm giving them compliments. Sean calling them sawed off little linemen. Do you think? Well, come on. You don't go. Uh, I mean, guys <laughs> at Northern Illinois are typically an inch or two short. They look like you. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember who pays your check. All right. On that note. On that note. Um, we'll go to break. We'll talk defensive storylines next. You're listening here to the Husker Line Show. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sippel, Robin Wash. Before we get into defensive story lines, this segment of the show is brought to you by our all-season-long sponsor, CHI Health. September is Prostate Cancer Awareness Month. This year, it is estimated that over 288,000 men will be diagnosed with prostate cancer, and over 34,800 men will die from the disease. September is Prostate Cancer Awareness Month, and I want to remind you to talk to your health provider and about when prostate cancer screening should begin. Men at age 50 and older should talk with their health care provider about when to be, begin their screenings. Uh, finding prostate cancer early makes treatment easier. If you don't have a provider, visit chihealth.com to provide, per, uh, find your provider in a CHI Health clinic near you. Uh, once again, thanks to CHI Health uh, for sponsoring us here on the Husker Online Show. Um, let's get into these defensive storylines, guys, because I do think that's one of the real bright spots. Nebraska right now leads the country. They're tied for the nation lead with sacks um, along with Tennessee. I mean, that's a really good stat to hang their hat on. They had eight sacks oh, yeah. at Colorado. 100%. Should have had more. Yeah, I mean, that is – we've been begging for sacks, so I don't want to gloss over that, the fact they have 11. It's – that's – we've been – like – that's something that we've been talking about kind of for years mm-hmm. here. And here we are with 11. Cam Lenhart had two uh, on Saturday and looks. And boy, number 11, that, that, that's a good picture. I mean, if you're mm-hmm. talking about bright spots and thinking about the future, Cam Lenhart, Prince Will, Riley Van Poppel, Rule talked about it a few weeks ago, how much he loved. Remember, Rob, we were, we were listening to his radio show. Sean was like watching tennis or something. <laughs> and, 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 and um, um, Sean, your daughters are beautiful. Um, and and uh, Rule talked about how much he loves that defensive line group, guys that are playing, guys that aren't playing. Um, in that class, in that class of 2023, that's a strong group. Yeah, and that's where it starts with that group. I mean, yeah. to not only just be able to get to the pass, but the way that they're playing the run. I mean, yeah. they've made it tough. They made it tough on Minnesota, and that's what they do. Like that's 
their MO is run the football and be the more physical team on the line of scrimmage with that offensive line. And they weren't. They had to throw the ball as much as they've ever had to under P.J. Fleck. And that is a credit to that defensive line. So, you know, the emergence of those young guys has answered a lot of questions about some of the concerns we had about that group. And then you you add in guys emerging at the next few levels to where, you know, a a Makai Bayer is is stepping up. And he's becoming a playmaker, like making big-time hits. And, um, you know, just the, the younger guys in that secondary, too, that are stepping up. Like, that picture is really coming together a lot better and a lot quicker than certainly I expected. Yeah, I think the defense, if, if this gets going for rule, it's going to be a defense is going to be a big part of it and what what they've done with Tony White. But there was a picture in that game where you saw three true freshman D linemen on the field together. Cam Lenhart at one defensive um, line spot. Uh, you had Princewell Umanyelen out there, and then you had Riley Van Poppel, um, who had to basically take a lot of the Ty Robinson snaps. Yep. And it doesn't sound like Van Poppel is only going to play four games. I mean, oh, mm-hmm. They want to keep playing him. Um, and then we even saw Sulaf to play, and he recovered a fumble yep. late in the game. Now, I don't know if he's going to play more than four. We'll see. Um, yeah, I get the sense they want to keep rotating and developing. We haven't seen this many freshmen play, especially at a position like Dean Lyon right. at Nebraska, in a long time. No, and those guys, and I would say Prince Will is explosive. I mean, it's he's an explosive guy. He's not made a lot of plays. But you can watch him and see explosion. Lenhart is making plays. Mm-hmm. He had three tackles in the opener. Then th- I think he had three or four tackles against Colorado, including two sacks. He is, he is making. He's flashing more. Um, and Popple looked like he belonged to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he looked like he belonged. Now that's not that's against Colorado, which isn't great up front on either side of the ball. But th- I'm not I'm not pouring cold water on Van Popple. You put a freshman in that environment. You guys were there. That's a tough. That's a some guys aren't cut out for it. He looked he looked cut out for it to me. Well, then there's guys like um, Jason Machacek. They call him Shake Shack. He's in the not wings. Playing, in the but wings. He's in the wings. He's yeah. coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did Ru- did Ruquan Buckley play Robin in your snap? No, he did. he did not. Okay, I noticed that. I just wanted hmm. to make sure. I wanted to verify Which, with my. He's a run guy, and Colorado just didn't run the football. Good point. Very much. And so, like, I think that was just kind of the the way that they had to play Colorado. Elijah Judy played saw a lot. some he's good speed. reps. Yeah, Judy played. He's he's been averaging twenty some snaps a game over the first two, so he's a he's a factor in that rotation. Well, both teams passed a lot. Yep. I mean, Minnesota is a run team, but they passed it thirty five times in the second half. Judy is like Judy among their bigs. You know, they're two sixty plus pounders. He's their best pass rusher. Um, he's got a little wiggle to him for a big man. But he's probably just twenty ish snaps a game still. They're not they're so not twenty one yet. 20. They're not gonna look at giving him like forty. But I don't know if they want to play too many guys that many snaps. The question I have, and I and I should have I could ask this well, I better ask Tony White this tomorrow. I'm I'm interested that Nash Hutmacher is, is in on third down. He's playing a lot of snaps. I think he played sixty snaps. That's right? Is that that's does that sound right? Who did the defensive PFF? I'm trying to remember. I Go think ahead. I think Continue Nash played sixty, play. which is a lot for a big man. I'm just playing sure Coach Sipple here. I I think I'd pull Abby saying don't do that. It was it was forty. Yeah, 40. I was gonna say I didn't think it was six. I was 60. like sixty doesn't. Sound I'd still pull him off on third down. But he's one of their best interior pass rushers. I mean, the pressure that he's getting up the gut. He got he did get some pressure. You pair that with the speed on the outsides. That's what you want. 
Yeah. He's only playing 40 snaps. I Let's not act bad. like this is like a, a 90 snap game. Like he's a big man though. But he is. But for a guy that the storyline all off season was how much better his conditioning was. Okay, you're seeing maybe, that. Maybe where he's maybe, able to stay on the field. Maybe you got me. Confused. I mean, you remember like last year, Colton Feast played like 70 snaps against he Northwestern. Did. Yeah, in, in Ireland. A little. He's smaller than that. Yeah, but it just you you can't do that. Like no. I don't care if you have JJ Watt. You're not going to play those guys 70. No. I mean, you just, that was. It's a formula for disaster. Like they, the previous staff, I think, had so much pressure on them at times that it failed. They failed to worry about development for the future because yeah, they, they had, had to, to worry about just winning now. Mm-hmm. It was like survive in advance. Mm-hmm. And I think I just got to ask why, why, what makes Nash good on third down? Well, I'll tell you. We even look at the pro football focus grades as a frame of reference. Now, they're not everything. They're certainly flawed. But <laughs> as far as guys that played over, what, 17 snaps, mm-hmm. he had the highest pass rush grade okay. of anybody on that defense. And the highest D line grade. Yeah. So, so take that simple. I'm just thinking ways to get him a little rest. Back checking you, though, yeah, that but 60 it's, it's snaps. 40 snaps. Yeah, 40. that's not too bad. I mean, that's nothing. What did he play against Minnesota? Right around there. Did he play that? Okay, keep him in on third down. I just like a little, a little more speed in there. Guys, Gabe, uh, Bayer has been to me the the real like out of nowhere story. In totally, mm-hmm. like this totally. is somebody that nobody. No, I mean he came last week, made some special teams tackles, and got rewarded with more defensive snaps. No, no, he wasn't he on the he was on the field in the first two series. snaps. He was on the field in the first series against Minnesota. Yeah, but that was that was it. He only played two. He snaps. played two snaps. Two snaps. Yep. He's come out of nowhere completely. So he went from two snaps in Minnesota. He played a lot of special teams at 43. He played one more snap than John Bullock. And Nick Henrich wow. looks like he's coming back. I mean, his tackling grade was low, uh, but 25 snaps for Nick Henrich. MJ Sherman's the one that's kind of surprised me. Mm-hmm. Like, I was expecting more. I mean, a Georgia guy, five-star guy. I was too. Um, the per- I mean, it's just been – I'm not saying he's not a good player, but the production and, and – when you're watching the game, you don't say, ooh, there's MJ. I mean, no, here's the thing. That entire Jack position yeah, has not been yeah, it has board. not been what it, what you want from that Jack position. Those are supposed to be your best kind of athletic big – not bigs, but most athletic guys. And they want playmakers there. Yeah. And they, haven't, they, they haven't got that. They that's got that's that. exactly what that position is supposed to be. Right. And they have got hardly anything. Not, like not Jamari much. Butler returned. He played 13 snaps and really didn't do a whole mm-hmm. lot. Chief Borders only played 11 snaps. Didn't do much, mm-hmm. you know. So it's they like not showing up. That's too important of a role in that defense to get that little production. I'm surprised by it, frankly, that we haven't seen more from Same. from that position. Same. All right, when we come back, uh, we're going to bring Abby Barmore in, and we'll take your questions in the mailbag. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett, Abby Barmore. Time for the mailbag. But before we get to that, this segment of show brought to you by Bauer Underground. Bauer Underground is helping shape Nebraska's infrastructure future and is looking for new members to join the team with open positions for laborers, equipment operators, aerial linemen, and foremen. Bauer Underground is searching for the best in construction. Visit BauerUnderground.com to learn more about career opportunities and industry-leading benefits, including competitive pay, employee paid health insurance, dental, disability, vision, and life insurance, 401k match, new top-of-the-line equipment, and a clothing allowance. No experience in the underground utility construction, no problem. Bauer will train the right people in the field 
giving you the hands-on experience you'll need to build a long, rewarding career. Want to learn more? Visit Bauer Underground on Facebook to view the testimonials from current Bauer teammates, hear about their experiences, the company culture, and the importance of their work. Bauer Underground is family-owned and they have crews and work sites across Nebraska. Wherever you live, Bauer has an opportunity for you. For more information, like Bauer Underground on Facebook or visit BauerUnderground.com. Come start your new career today. All right, let's get into the mailbag. Abby, where are you starting us out today? Okay, first one. If Nebraska's first four games were reversed, would the Huskers be 4-0? Great question, because I do think there's something to it. If Nebraska was able... Oh, to yeah. kind of have oh, yeah. the Maryland versus Charlotte game. Oh, God, yes. Charlotte um, was beating Maryland. And Maryland Four, was able to kind of fig, figure it out and win. Nebraska has not had that luxury. They've had that luxury for years. And I know. you could make an argument that that's played a factor in, in the records we've seen of Nebraska because of the nature of this place. When Nebraska starts the season with a loss or two, all hell breaks loose. And, and it's hard, I think, for the players to kind of get confidence and, and, and whatnot, where if you could just start out with a couple of games in a row, I do think it would make a difference to get some momentum. A couple of easier games. But in a row. like last year, you could argue Northwestern should have been a win. A couple easier games in a row. Yeah, more man. I mean, Minnesota on the road. Like, But last year, Nebraska should have beat Ireland or beat Northwestern. Well, yeah, but that was Ireland. still a Power Five team. I see what you're saying. I 100% agree. I, I don't know that enough's being made of it. And I wouldn't say this necessarily if it wasn't a first year staff. It's a first year staff that that wasn't afforded the opportunity to ease in. Mm -hmm. I do think there's something to be said at times in a program, where, wherever a program is, for easing into it. Georgia eases into it. Alabama eased into it. Michigan. It would have, yeah, they're really easing into it. But, but I'm not saying you run from tough games, but there are, like a season like this where with a, with a first-year coaching staff, that's changed things significantly. It would have been really nice to play Louisiana Tech out of the gate. Let Sims maybe get some confidence. Maybe, maybe, maybe he turns it over a couple times in the first half or three times, but Nebraska's still able to win. Yeah. And then the, the conversation's not as hot. Maybe he learns from it, takes it into the second game, is a little bit better. Now you're 2-0 and and it's not a freak show, right? Yeah. Now we're dealing with what? It's just hot here. It's all of a sudden hot. I mean, if Sims has one bad mistake against Northern Illinois. Oh, it'll get hot. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's going to get groany in that stadium. So that would be my, my counter to that, though, is, I mean, if you got a quarterback turned over seven times in two games, you're, you're not going to have a hard time beating Northern Illinois. You're going to have a hard time beating Louisiana Tech. I mean, just because where Nebraska is, is right now. Like, when your quarterback, hmm. your most important player, is making that many critical mistakes – it's tough to beat anyone. So oh, but a much your, better your, chance. your chances are greater, yeah. sure, but there's no guarantees, especially with the mistakes they're making. No, but, man, ask it, to go on the road. I, I get what you're saying. The, the, yeah. I mean, the fact that you can make those mistakes and come out with a win, the whole vibe is different. God, you were there at Colorado. That was – now, listen, I've been covering – I mean, come on, we've all been covering this for many years. I haven't gone into many environments like that. Can you imagine if that was a night game? Mm. Oh. Mm. I mean, I've never seen. I don't even know if that would be healthy. 10 a.m. <laughs> a use the crimes. f word so much in my life. Right. And B be that jacked up at 10 a.m. Hey, hold on now. Humor me on this. I don't think it would have been healthy to have that game at night, based on what I saw, yeah. based on what I saw and heard from. And why there they, would have been casualties? Why are they charging, casualties? Okay, why are they charging casualties. the field to beat Nebraska? I mean, why are they charging the field? I don't know. Oh, students were out of control, but I mean, 
They just, they, she just wanted a party. Right. It was a party. And they were trying to get Rule off to not be a part of that. And, and then he, he's smart. If Rule didn't shake Dion's hand, that would have been it's another. a huge disrespect story. Didn't even shake Dion's hand. Right. The disrespect. Now, that was smart by Rule to de- demand that he gets that moment. Because mm-hmm. if he wouldn't have. It would have been a story. Colorado would have. that They would have used that. Didn't even shake Coach's hand. Right. <laughs> they would have. Yeah. Shador Sanders, like, waving his Rolex in the face of Billy Kemp, but then, like, Matt Rule inviting him to come in and join their prayer, and then him acting like they disrespected the Buffalo. Okay, now, let's just be very clear on how we feel about this. I thought that whole thing was very contrived by Colorado. Completely contrived. Yeah. I mean, it like, That's a team that was just looking for motivation, and so they, they took a one snippet from an off-season interview Matt Rule did when he was asked directly about his strategy for building Nebraska compared to Dion's, and he said he's doing things differently. That was talking smack about my pops, apparently. And then, well, yeah. then, then they go out and have a team prayer, which they did against Minnesota. And if you go back and look at what Matt Rule, all his teams do that. Yeah. And so this is nothing new. And they take that as the whole team, like, stomping on the Buffalo. Oh, come on. No, right, they were right, praying. Right. I mean, it wasn't <laughs> like they were out there doing bad things to the Buffalo. Yes, no. they were standing there. It was like a slow kind of trot <laughs> out to midfield. Sanders says that Buffalo means a lot to me. Yeah, he's been here, what, like four months? <laughs> Get out of here. All right. We, <laughs> we've kind of <laughs> ate up the whole mailbag on question oh, one. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Uh, what's next? <sighs> okay, our next one. Why do you think Rule is sticking with Sims? Is it because he's confident that he'll overcome the turnovers, or is there a big drop off in the next QB? Well, this is a big. That's a good question. I think there's two things at play there, Abby. Number one, Rule and Satterfield. That's the hand-picked guy. It was a calculated decision. It wasn't a. It wasn't whimsical. It wasn't. Oh God, we got to go get a quarterback. Let's get that kid from Georgia Tech. This is the guy they studied and elected to bring in. And Abby, if you go away from him, that's an admission that you fouled it up. Okay, that's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two is, yeah, the second part is what, how steep is the drop-off? Mm-hmm. I would ask you guys this, and I, this is what I would ask fans, and there's a lot of smart fans and a lot of smart people that have told me, you got to move on. That, I've heard that, but I still say, really. You better be are sure. You, are you ready to hand this team, hand the team to Heinrich Harburg. Because that's what you're doing. You're handing the team to him. That's I hear these comparisons that on the turno, in the turnover discussion to the running back. You're not handing the team to Gabe Irvin. Nope. You're not handing the team to Ramir Johnson. Nope. But you would be handing the team to Heinrich Harburg. So no, I I, I don't I just don't think it's at that point. They and invested it, too much into Sims. Investment. I mean amigos <laughs> Gary Michaels clothing, Acres equipment. There's a lot of investment in this guy to just close the book in two weeks. But but also, coaches made an investment. The coaches the co- made an yeah. investment. I'm, yeah, the NIL is a whole separate thing, right. but there's a huge investment. Sorry, Robin. Yeah, and I would also, you know, we have a pretty recent example of what happens when you do that. Remember when Adrian Martinez got benched and they brought in Luke McCaffrey? Didn't go well. No. And then you had this weird kind of revolving door at quarterback where you, there was no true leader at that position. It was kind of a game to game. You know, they didn't really know what they were doing. You got to look down the week road. to week. You got to look down. You got to be able to to think four or five steps ahead. What if Heinrich Harburg doesn't succeed? Mm-hmm. Now, what are you going to go back to Sims? And, and now, now, what's that? And you got a whole like? nother mess on your plate. Right now. It's possible, of course, that Heinrich Harburg would succeed, but that's a judgment call, and it's based on what they're seeing in practice. And it doesn't feel like, based on what Rule has said, that 
that he's ready for that, that Heinrich's ready for that. Yeah, that Adrian McCaffrey one, I still don't even think Frost and Verdusco back then wanted to do that. But they almost felt like the call of the mob, that they had to yeah. try something different. Which would be a very similar situation that we're at right now. Well, if Saturday goes poorly for Sims early, there'll be a call of the mob. No doubt. Yeah, you'll hear it in the And state. then if they went to Harburg, he'll get this huge, like, I mean, it would be like a huge, like, I mean, it would be hard for Sims to hear, like, oh, God. the other guy. I mean, Let's not talk about it. All right, it. Yeah. final question. <laughs> Another Abby. subject, please. Okay, <laughs> our seen... last one. What is your best story from Boulder this past weekend? Oh, Sean, <laughs> oh, Sean, do we, Sean, do we looking t- over at Sean at the sports bar, <laughs> the sports bar with no cable, um, turning looking for the Wisconsin-Washington State game by himself with the remote control in his hand. That's that's one thing. And then the baby sitting there, too, which yeah. is funny. Our, um, we, we ate at a place. You can say, Sean. It was a funny. former Outback Steakhouse. Is that what it was? Um, turned into a combination barbecue food, Indian food restaurant. Um, co-management. Yeah, you're, t- your typical combo. I mean, no. just a, so you could get... <laughs> Fried chicken with Indian food sides. Yeah, you and could, I'm, I'm not. I'm, you could get Mulligatani soup as your starter before your rack of ribs. And at one point, we looked over and what was sitting next. <laughs> so to we're me? sitting down. First of all, there, there, there's one waitress crying her eyes out. Yeah, balling. Um, a lot of pressure. We walk in and Sam or somebody from the World Herald goes, "Hey guys, just buckle up," as, as we get down. And then there's another waitress um, who's had way too much to drink. <laughs> yeah, she's ripping shots behind the bar. Should not be working. Then there's a bartender that's just sweating, running around this place with a chicken like his head cut off. This, I mean, he was trying it's to working. serve 40 people by himself, I right. bet. And then you had a baby. a baby. So we're sitting at our table, <laughs> the table next to us. There's a baby carrier. And Robin goes, guys, there's a baby in there. And like, no. And all of a sudden, the baby starts crying. The other waitress working there had her baby in the restaurant and started serving and walking around with the baby. Um, so yeah, try. I, I politely asked if they could turn the Wisconsin game on one of the TVs, and and I was shut down. The guy said, "I got a lot going on right now, man." And so I said, Sean hey. took matters. I just said, "Hey, hand. sorry, we're at a sports bar. I figured I'd ask." And <laughs> she shot us, goes and grabs the remote off the bar and starts messing with the TV. But no they didn't even cared. have cable. They did it, not have cable. It, it, it was like an antenna. Yeah, it was an antenna, so, and it was like this hanging pad off the TV. Oddly, though. The chicken was yeah, the incredible. Food was great. Yeah, the food was excellent. Drinks were great. I had fried chicken. We both best. got fried chicken. At and it was place. very good. <laughs> it was very good fried chicken. Well, then the night it was bef- like grandma's. Grandma's. And then the night before, we're in the same place, and like grandma's, all yeah. these famous Colorado football players were there. Like Bill McCartney's son yeah. was yeah. in there. Uh, the running back too, uh, who just got signed by the Bron or somebody. Um, I'm blanking on Bill his McCartney's name. son's an agent. So, yeah, it was an interesting experience. That was our – well, and I did – I was sitting at uh, – Our walk. Tell the, we had a walk quite a bit. Well, I would tell you this. You guys didn't know this because I didn't really tell you, but I, but I went down to get a burrito before the game, and I just sat in front of that big buffalo they have sitting out there. I sat on the base of the buffalo, and I ate a burrito, and I just kind of watched the scene. And, man, there was a kid in a red shirt that was basically getting assaulted by – Colorado students like trying to take off his shirt at one point. Um, cops intervened. Um, I didn't intervene because I was sitting there eating my burrito. But I, I um, These kids are lucky. The the but man, it was rough. And then the kids, his name is Josh, came up to me and said, "Did you see all that?" I said, "Yeah." 
I mean, there were kind of waves of Colorado students coming up to him and just just yelling at him right in his face. It's just rich, punky kids, too. I mean, (laughs) mean, these people that are screaming, they're, they're not all Colorado fans. It's just... I don't know what the hell's well, going on. What's crazy is the, the girls were the like the pretty bad biggest trash talkers. There was some serious trash talking. I know it was a. I mean, I can't listen again. We go to all these games. I've been to every road game for thirty years, and I have not seen an environment like I that. See. I have not. Mm-hmm. And then I heard at the airport guys tell, talking to me about how like they were, they felt unsafe going to the restroom. Yeah, um, they're getting screamed at while they're peeing in the restroom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of Catholics versus convicts, the Miami Notre Dame, somebody said they should call this farmers versus frat boys. I don't know what that. <laughs> the dynamic, I, I can't really explain it. There was at least one brawl in the stands that went viral. Oh, and a Nebraska on, guy on gave some visor wearing Easy polo shirt Colorado kid a hell of an elbow. Mm-hmm. Did he? Elbow oh. to elbow to the temple, knocked him out. Oh, hell of ugly. See, I think a night game, and I'm not joking around. I'm saying that that would be everywhere. Yeah, I a think a game. night game. When you say casualty, there'd be casualties. Seriously. Casualties. All right. Well, think of Nebraska at a one. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. When we come back, we're going to talk Big Ten football games next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. <clears throat> this is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett as we talk Big Ten games. But before we get to that, Segment five of the Husker Alliance Show, Steve Sipple, brought to you by... Sean, Larson Motors. If you happen to be looking for a new vehicle, go for a new experience at Larson Motors in Nebraska City. Larson Motors is one of the Midwest's only dealerships with all the major brands in one location. Finding your new Chevy, GMC, Hummer, Ford, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram really has never been easier. So start your new experience today at LarsonMotorGroup.com or at Larson Motors in Nebraska City. Larson Motors, real people, real deals. All right, lots to go through here um, of the games from week two. Penn State took out Delaware 63-7. to Obviously, Nebraska lost to Colorado 36-14, but Purdue gets an impressive road win at Virginia Tech 24-17. Ohio State, I mean, Ohio State's offense has not put up a lot of points. 35-7 to over Youngstown State. Um, Iowa, 20-13, to and they had a pretty good lead, and then Iowa State came back, but they take out the in-state uh, Cyclones, who uh, they they have had their number in that series. Uh, Michigan State, 45-14 to over Richmond, but the real story actually happened after the game when the USA Today report on Mel Tucker came out, and um, he took a leave from his position, so that's going to be a developing story he for was the suspended. Um, rest of the year. Michigan played their cream puff schedule, and without Jim Harbaugh, they beat UNLV thirty-five to seven. Northwestern, how about that? They they, they beat uh, UTEP thirty-eight to seven. Maryland came back to take out Charlotte thirty-eight to twenty. Minnesota. Had a nice, impressive win over Eastern Michigan, twenty-five to six. Rutgers beats Temple's thirty-six to seven. Washington State beats Wisconsin, thirty-one twenty-two, and then Kansas takes out Illinois, thirty-four twenty-three. Indiana also beat Indiana State, forty-one to seven. But um, let's stick in the West here. Yeah, Illinois getting drubbed by Kansas, but then how about Wisconsin um, getting handled on the road by Washington State? You know, I was t- well. Former Nebraska coach Bill Bush, 
he says Washington State would win the West, the Big Ten West. <laughs> they don't have a conference I mean, what, year. Think about saying that. much right now. No, it's not. That's that's what I, that's why I bring it up. The Big Ten West is not great. And Sean, I'm surprised to hear you say Minnesota's impressive win against Eastern. They Michigan? ran the ball well. They beat a directional Michigan team. Yeah, but their defense played well. Okay, I'm, you're not. I mean, their defense has given up eight points a game in two games. Yeah, Eastern Michigan. Um. Any anyway. Um, yeah, I, the West. I don't know what to say about it. I mean, if Washington State could win the West, which I think they probably could. This season is why the West is going away. Like, yes, mm-hmm. like, it can't continue. Could the Big Ten just have stepped in this year and said, "Okay, I know next year we're going to divisions, but no, you know, actually, actually, we're just going to do it this year, or we're going to wipe away the division." Because this the year. conference championship game, just wipe it away this year. It's going to be crap. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I, they probably could have done it a year early, right? Not that. Not not. In a four-team playoff, though, it's actually better to not have Michigan, Penn State, yeah. and That's Ohio State point. play twice. That's a good point. Because mm-hmm. they're going to try to get two teams in this year. Good point. Now yeah. you go to a 12-team deal, different story. All right, let's get through week three games. Uh, Friday night, Virginia at Maryland. Uh, Maryland trying to go 3-0. Georgia Southern comes to Wisconsin. Clay Helton, baby. Um, that will be a lot, a lot of throws in that game. Yeah. Uh, Louisville. At Indiana, big game for Tom Allen um, with uh, Jeff Brom coming back into Indiana with his new team. Mm. Um, Penn State um, will be at Illinois. Big noon kickoff studio show will not be in Champaign. They moved that to Boulder. But Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt will still announce that game. Minnesota at North Carolina. Mm. Uh, North Carolina ranked 20th. They're a seven-point favorite. Northwestern at Duke as an 18-and-a-half-point dog. Um, Virginia Tech is playing another Big Ten team this week. They'll be at Rutgers. Rutgers favored by seven. Mm-hmm. So maybe pump the brakes on that Purdue win because I'm not sure how good Virginia Tech is. Right. I agree. Um, I agree. Western Michigan at Iowa. Hawkeyes big favorites. Western Kentucky at Ohio State. Um, Washington at Michigan State. The Spartans are getting 16 points at home. Yeah, I saw somebody say, like, am I foolish to think that this isn't the lock of the century uh, to take Michigan State with the points? Like, Washington's loaded. Thinking that they're going to rally around all this. You know, they're going to use it as a unifying thing. But my counter to that is this is like the kind of exclamation point of what has already been a tumultuous offseason for Michigan State to where they've lost pretty much every key player on their roster to the portal. And they just went through all this stuff, and now your head coach is gone in an embarrassing fashion, and now you got to play a top ten team, like a top ten team that's rolling. By the way, rolling. Washington just rolled Boise State. Okay, that's Boise State. Washington, Michael Penix, the one of the best group of receivers in all of college football. I could see him going in there and putting a whooping on him. The game I'd watch really closely, and I will. I will tell you right now, North Carolina will beat Minnesota by 17-plus, okay? Because of Drake they'll, May? Yeah, they'll boat race. I think they could boat race Minnesota. All right, um, Nebraska, 11.5-point favorite over Northern Illinois. Michigan in their vaunted non-con schedule. They'll play Bowling Green, 40.5-point line. There you go, 40. And then Syracuse at Purdue. Hmm. Um, Syracuse, Dino Baber squad, 2-0, and and they'll be playing at Purdue this week. So um, Syracuse is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. So mm. it should be a great week 
um, with a lot of interesting non-conference games along with the one uh, conference game, can Penn State go into Champaign and, and win as a 14-and-a-half-point favorite? But uh, make sure you join us again uh, for our post-game show after the game. Uh, we're going to be on late night game, but had over 20,000 views, guys, on our post-game show on YouTube and then the podcast site as well. Um, so lots of Husker fans taking the post-game show. We invite you to join us on the Husker on YouTube hit channel or anywhere you find podcasts. Also check us out at HuskerOnline.com. For Steve Sipple and Robin Washett, I'm Sean Callahan. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics.